Section 12 of The Storm by Daniel Defoe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Of the damages on the water. As this might consist of several parts, I was inclined to have divided it into sections or chapters, relating particularly to the public loss and the private, to the merchant or the navy, to floods by the tides, to the river damage and that of the sea. But for brevity, I shall confine it to the following particulars. First, the damage to trade. Secondly, the damage to the Royal Navy. Thirdly, the damage by high tides. First, of the damage to trade. I might call it a damage to trade that this season was both for some time before and after the tempest so exceeding and so continually stormy that the seas were in a manner unnavigable and negoce at a kind of a general stop and when the storm was over and the weather began to be tolerable almost all the shipping in england was more or less out of repair for there was very little shipping in the nation but what had received some damage or other it is impossible but a nation so full of shipping as this must be exceeding sufferers in such a general disaster and whoever considers the violence of this storm by its other dreadful effects will rather wonder and be thankful that we receive no farther damage than we shall be able to give an account of by sea i have already observed what fleets were in the several ports of this nation and from whence they came as to ships lost of whom we have no other account than that they were never heard of i am not able to give any particulars other than that about three and forty sail of all sorts are reckoned to have perished in that manner i mean of such ships as were at sea when the storm began and had no shelter or port to make for their safety of these some were of the russian fleet of whom we had an account of twenty sail lost the week before the storm but most of them reached the ports of newcastle humber and yarmouth and some of the men suffered in the general distress afterwards but to proceed to the most general disasters by the same method as in the former articles of damages by land several persons having given themselves the trouble to further this design with authentic particulars from the respective ports i conceive we cannot give the world a clearer and more satisfactory relation than from their own words the first account and placed so because tis very authentic and particular and the furthest port westward and therefore proper 
to begin our relation, is from on board Her Majesty's ship the Dolphin in Milford Haven, and sent to us by Captain Soanes, the Commodore of a squadron of men of war, then in that harbour, to whom the public is very much obliged for the relation, and which we thought ourselves bound there to acknowledge. The account is as follows. Sir, reading the advertisement in the Gazette of your intending to print the many sad accidents in the late dreadful storm, induced me to let you know what this place felt, though a very good harbour. Her Majesty's ships, the Cumberland, Coventry, Lou, Hastings, and Hector, being under my command, with the Rye, a cruiser on this station, and under our convoy about a hundred and thirty merchant ships bound about land. The 26th of November, at one in the afternoon, the wind came at south by east a hard gale, between which and northwest by west it came to a dreadful storm, at three the next morning was the violentest of the weather, when the Cumberland broke her sheet anchor, the ship driving near this, and the Rye both narrowly escaped carrying away. She drove very near the rocks, having but one anchor left, but in a little time they slung a gun, with the broken anchor fast to it, which they let go, and wonderfully preserved the ship from the shore. Guns firing from one ship or other all night for help, though twas impossible to assist each other. The sea was so high, and the darkness of the night such, that we could not see where any one was, but by the flashes of the guns. When daylight appeared, it was a dismal sight, to behold the ships driving up and down one foul of another without masts, some sunk, and others upon the rocks, the wind blowing so hard, with thunder, lightning, and rain, that on the deck a man could not stand without holding. Some drove from Dale, where they were sheltered under the land, and split in pieces, the men all drowned. Two others drove out of a creek, one on the shore so high up was saved, the other on the rocks in another creek, and bulged. An Irish ship that lay with a rock through her was lifted by the sea clear away to the other side of the creek on a safe place. One ship forced ten miles up the river before she could be stopped and several strangely blown into holes, and on banks. A catch of Pembroke was drove on the rocks. The two men and a boy in her had no boat to save their lives. But in this great distress, a boat which broke from another ship drove by them, without any in her. The two men leap into her, and were saved, but the boy drowned. A prize at Pembroke was lifted on the bridge, 
whereon is a mill which the water blew up but the vessel got off again another vessel carried almost into the gateway which leads to the bridge and is a road the tide flowing several foot above its common course the storm continued till the twenty-seventh about three in the afternoon that by computation nigh thirty merchant ships and vessels without masts are lost and what men are lost is not known three ships are missing that we suppose men and all lost none of her majesty's ships came to any harm but the cumberland breaking away her anchor in a storm which happened the eighteenth at night lost another which renders her incapable of proceeding with us till supplied i saw several trees and houses which are blown down your humble servant joseph Soans. the next account we have from the reverend mr thomas chest minister of chepstow whose ingenious account being given in his own words gives the best acknowledgment for his forwarding and improving this design sir upon the evening of friday november twenty sixth seventeen o three the wind was very high but about midnight it broke out with a more than wanted violence and so continued till near break of day it ended a northwest wind though about three in the morning it was at southwest the loudest cracks i observed of it were somewhat before four of the clock we had here the common calamity of houses shattered and trees thrown down but the wind throwing the tide very strongly into the severn and so into the y on which chepstow is situated and the fresh and y meeting with a rampant tide overflowed the lower part of our town it came into several houses about four foot high rather more the greatest damage sustained in houses was by the makers of salt perhaps their loss might amount to near two hundred pounds but the bridge was a strange sight it stands partly in monmouthshire and partly in gloucestershire and is built mostly of wood with a stone pier in the midst the centre of which divides the two counties there are also stone platforms in the bottom of the river to bear the woodwork i doubt not but those stone platforms were covered then by the great fresh that came down the river but over these there are wooden standards framed into piers forty-two foot high besides ground sills caps heads sleepers planks and on each side of the bridge rails which may make about six foot more the tide came over them all the length of the wooden part of the bridge in monmouthshire is sixty yards exactly and thereabout in gloucestershire 
the gloucestershire side suffered but little but in monmouthshire side the planks were most of them carried away the sleepers about a ton by measure each were many of them carried away and several removed and tis not doubted but the great wooden piers would have gone too but it was so that the outward sleepers on each side of the bridge were pinned or bolted to the cap-heads and so kept them in their place all the level land on the south part of monmouthshire called the moors was overflowed it is a tract of land about twenty miles long all level save two little points of high land or three the breadth of it is not all of one size the broadest part is about two miles and a half this tide came five tides before the top of the spring according to the usual run which surprised the people very much many of their cattle got to shore and some died after they were landed it is thought by a moderate computation they might lose in hay and cattle between three and four thousand pounds i cannot hear of any person drowned save only one servant man that ventured in quest of his master's cattle the people were carried off some by boats some other ways the days following the last that came off that i can hear of were on tuesday evening to be sure they were uneasy and astonished in that interval there are various reports about the height of this tide in the moors comparing it with that in january sixteen o six but the account that seems likeliest to me is that the former tide ran somewhat higher than this tis thought most of their land will be worth but little these two or three years and tis known that the repairing the sea-walls will be very chargeable gloucestershire too that borders upon severn hath suffered deeply on the forest of dean side but nothing in comparison of the other shore from about harlingham down to the mouth of bristol river avon particularly from aust cliff to the river's mouth about eight miles all that flat called the marsh was drowned they lost many sheep and cattle about seventy seamen were drowned out of the canterbury storeship and other ships that were stranded or wrecked the arundel man-of-war suffolk and canterbury storeships a french prize and a dane were driven ashore and damnified but the arundel and the danish ship are got off the rest remain on ground the richard and john of about five hundred ton newly come into king road from virginia was staved the shoreham rode it out in king road but i suppose you may have a perfecter account of these things from bristol but one thing yet is to be remembered one nelms of that country 
as I hear his name, was carried away with his wife and four children, and house, and all, and were all lost, save only one girl, who caught hold of a bough, and was preserved. There was another unfortunate accident yet in these parts. One Mr. Churchman, that keeps the ends at Bettisley, a passage over the Severn, and had a share in the passing boats, seeing a single man tossed in a wood-bus off in the river, prevailed with some belonging to the customs, to carry himself and one of his sons and two servants aboard the boat, which they did. And the officers desired Mr. Churchman to take out the man, and come ashore with them in their pinnace. But he, willing to save the boat as well as the man, tarried aboard, and some time after, hoisting sail, the boat overset, and they were all drowned, viz. the man in the boat, Mr. Churchman, his son, and two servants, and much lamented, especially Mr. Churchman and his son, who were persons very useful in their neighbourhood. This happened on Saturday about eleven of the clock. Your humble servant, Thomas Chest. Mr. Thomas Little, minister of Blank Church in Lynn, in the county of Norfolk, being requested to give in the particulars of what happened thereabouts, gave the following short but very pertinent account. Sir, I had answered yours sooner, but that I was willing to get the best information I could of the effect of the late dismal storm amongst us. I have advised with our merchants and shipmasters, and find that we have lost from this port seven ships, the damage whereof, at a modest computation, amounts to three thousand pounds. The men that perished in them are reckoned about twenty in number. There is another ship missing, though we are not without hopes that she is gone northward, the value of ship and cargo about fifteen hundred pounds. The damages sustained in the buildings of the town is computed at one thousand pounds at least. I am your faithful friend and servant, Thomas Little, Lynn, January 17th, 1703. We have had various accounts from Bristol, but as they all contain something of the same in general, only differently expressed, the following as the most positively asserted and best expressed is recorded for the public information. Sir, observing your desire, lately signified in the Gazette, to be further informed concerning the effects of the late dreadful tempest, in order to make a collection thereof, I have presumed to present you with the following particulars concerning Bristol, and the parts near adjacent, being an eyewitness of the same, or the majority of it. 
On Saturday, the 27th of November last, between the hours of one and two in the morning, arose a most prodigious storm of wind, which continued with very little intermission for the space of six hours, in which time it very much shattered the buildings, both public and private, by uncovering the houses, throwing down the chimneys, breaking the glass windows, overthrowing the pinnacles and battlements of the churches, and blowing off the leads. The churches in particular felt the fury of the storm. St. Stephen's Tower had three pinnacles blown off, which beat down the greatest part of the church. The cathedral is likewise very much defaced, two of its windows and several battlements being blown away and indeed most churches in the city felt its force more or less. It also blew down abundance of great trees in the marsh, College Green, St. James Churchyard, and other places in the city. And in the country it blew down in scattered abundance of hay and corn mows, besides almost leveling many orchards and groves of stout trees. But the greatest damage done to the city was the violent overflowing of the tide, occasioned by the force of the wind, which flowed an extraordinary height, and did abundance of damage to the merchants' cellars. It broke in with great fury over the marsh country, forcing down the banks or sea-walls, drowning abundance of sheep and other cattle washing some houses clear away, and breaking down part of others, in which many persons lost their lives. It likewise drove most of the ships in King Road a considerable way upon the land, some being much shattered, and one large vessel broke all in pieces, and near all the men lost, besides several lost out of other vessels. To conclude, the damage sustained by the city alone in merchandise, houses, etc., is computed to an hundred thousand pounds, besides the great loss in the country of cattle, corn, etc., which has utterly ruined many farmers, whose substance consisted in their stock aforesaid. So, Having given you the most material circumstances and fatal effects of this great tempest in these parts, I conclude your unknown friend and servant, Daniel James. From Huntsville in Somersetshire, we have the following account from, as we suppose, the minister of the place though unknown to the collector of this work. Sir, the parish of Huntsville hath received great damage by the late inundation of the salt water, particularly the west part thereof suffered most, for on the twenty-seventh day of November last, about four of the clock in the morning, a mighty south-west wind blew so strong as, in a little time, strangely tore our sea-walls, insomuch that a considerable part of the said walls were laid smooth, 
after which the sea, coming in with great violence, drove in five vessels belonging to Bridgewater Quay of the Channel, upon a wharf in our parish, which lay some distance off from the Channel, and there they were all grounded. It is said that the seamen there fathomed the depth and found it about nine foot, which is taken notice to be four foot above our walls when standing. The salt water soon overflowed all the west end of the parish, forcing many of the inhabitants from their dwellings, and to shift for their lives. The water threw down several houses, and in one an ancient woman was drowned, being about fourscore years old. Some families sheltered themselves in the church, and there stayed till the waters were abated. Three window-leaves of the tower were blown down, and the rough cast scaled off in many places. Much of the lead of the church was damnified. The windows of the church and chancel much broken, and the chancel a great part of it untiled. The parsonage, house, barn, and walls received great damage, as also did some of the neighbors in their houses. At the west end of the parsonage stood a very large elm, which was four yards a quarter and half a quarter in the circumference. It was broken off near the ground by the wind, without forcing any one of the moors above the surface, but remained as they were before. The inhabitants, many of them, have received great losses in their sheep and their other cattle. In their corn and hay there is great spoil made. This is what information I can give of the damage this parish hath sustained by the late dreadful tempest. I am, sir, your humble servant, Sam Woodison, Huntsville, January 6th, 1703-1704. From Minehead in Somersetshire and Swansea in Wales, the following accounts are to be depended upon. Sir, I received yours, and in answer to it, these are to acquaint you that all the ships in our harbour, except two, which were twenty-three or twenty-four in number, besides fishing boats, were, through the violence of the storm and the mooring posts giving way, drove from their anchors, one of them was staved to pieces, nine drove ashore, but is hoped will be all got off again, though some of them are very much damnified. Several of the fishing boats, likewise with their nets and other necessaries, were destroyed. Three seamen were drowned in the storm, and one man was squeezed to death last Wednesday by one of the ships that was forced ashore, suddenly coming upon him as they were digging round her, endeavouring to get her off. Our pier also was somewhat damaged, and tis thought if the storm had continued till another tide, it would have been quite washed away. 
even level to the ground, which, if so, would infallibly have ruined our harbour. Our church, likewise, was almost all entiled. The neighbouring churches also received much damage. The houses of our town and all the country round about were most of them damaged. Some, as I am credibly informed, blown down, and several, in a great measure, uncovered. Trees also of a very great bigness were broken off in the middle, and vast numbers blown down. One gentleman, as he told me himself, having twenty-five hundred trees blown down, I wish you good success in these your undertakings, and I pray God that this late great calamity, which was sent upon us as a punishment for our sins, may be a warning to the whole nation in general, and engage every one of us to a hearty and sincere repentance. Otherwise, I'm afraid we must expect greater evils than this was to fall upon us. From your unknown friend and servant, Frist Chave, Swansea, January 24th, 1703-1704. Sir, I received yours, and accordingly have made an inquiry in our neighbourhood what damage might be done in the late storm. Through mercy we escaped indifferently, but you will find, underwritten, as much as I can learn to be certainly true. The storm began here about twelve at night, but the most violent part of it was about four the next morning, about which time the greatest part of the houses in the town were uncovered, more or less, and one house clearly blown down. The damage sustained to the houses is modestly computed at two hundred pounds. The south aisle of the church was wholly uncovered, and considerable damage done to the other aisles, and four large stones, weighing about one hundred and fifty, or two hundred pound each, was blown down from the end of the church. Three of the four iron spears that stood with veins on the corners of the tower were broke short off in the middle, and the veins not to be found and the tail of the weather-cock, which stood in the middle of the tower, was blown off, and found in a court near four hundred yards' distance from the tower. In Klein Wood, belonging to the Duke of Beaufort, near this town, there is about a hundred large trees blown down, as also in a wood on our river, belonging to Mr. Thomas Mansell of Britain Ferry, about eighty large oaks. The tides did not much damage, but two ships were blown off our bar, and, by providence, one came aground on the Salt House Point near our harbour, else the ship and men had perished. The other came on shore, but was saved. I hear further that there are several stacks of corn overturned by the violence of the wind. In the parishes of Rosalie and 
Largeny and Gower. Most of the thatched houses in this neighbourhood was uncovered. Sir, this you may rely on to be true. Yours, etc. William Jones. From Grimsby in Lincolnshire, the following account is taken for favourable. Sir, the late dreadful tempest did not, blessed be God, much affect us on shore. So far was it from having any events more than common that the usual marks of ordinary storms are not to be met with in these parts upon the land. I wish I could give as good an account of the ships then at anchor in our road. The whole fleet consisted of about an hundred sail, fifty whereof were wanting after the storm. The wrecks of four are to be seen in the road at low water, their men all lost. Three more were sunk near the spurn. All the men but one saved. Six or seven were driven ashore, and got off again with little or no damage. A small hoy, not having a man on board, was taken at sea by a merchant ship. What became of the rest? we are yet to learn. This is all the account I am able to give of the effects of the late storm, which was so favourable to us. I am, sir, your most humble servant, Thomas Fairweather. End of section 12